Jesus reversed every curse at the cross. In Jesus Christ, you are not living a cursed life. You are living a blessed life. I don't care by which hand, I don't care by which door it comes through. It is still Jesus that turns sickness into healing. You know, I don't, sometimes we don't, I don't want to run around and find out what your view of God is, but it really makes a difference what your view of God is. Yeah, it really affects life and how you view life and how you respond to life, etc. But praise God, if you, if you know He's good, you know what I mean, then you'll take a good posture toward it. So, Father, we thank you today that it's who you are. Lord God, and the song says it's who we are. We're loved. And we thank you for that, God, awesome relationship that we can have uh, with the Almighty God through your Son, Jesus Christ. And that the Holy Spirit is, is officiating, oh God, the, the church and the work that's going on. And we thank you that, that he's not only working in the church, but the Word says that he's working in the world too because he's sent to reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment to come. And so, God, we're not in the battle alone and uh, you know, we're not really leading it. Lord Jesus, the Holy Spirit is going before us and doing a work. And so let us just be uh, 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 fulfilling our particular assignments, we pray. God, I ask you to bless. Bless. I know you've already blessed. I know you're blessing every day. What I'm asking for a double portion this morning, Father, for your people. God, hallelujah, I ask you, God, to just reach wide and deep, Father, and with encouragement, Father, and illumination and understanding for them. And God, as you look at their hearts, and God, as you uh, uh, see the desires and the dreams, and oh God, and sometimes the sadness and the sorrow and the things that sometimes are there, God, we thank you that, that you administer your good grace to it now in your abundant mercy in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn to somebody. Tell them that you're glad that you're here. They're here. Yeah. Well, David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. So I guess there's a little bit of room there, you know what I mean, for you. But first of all, before we start preaching the word this morning, I think it's, it's uh, uh, you know, right to go ahead and, and, and make mention that, uh, you know, we have, uh, uh, I guess, we saw honored guests that because of, um, you know, the Pippin Elma, Pippin Elma football team now has, is went ahead and just crushed everybody so <laughs> and so this Thursday this Thursday they go to state to to start the playoffs and of course we got you know just a little guy over here that's <laughs> uh, and we're just so proud of him because he's a man of God he lives his life out there you know what I mean and he can still go ahead and have fun and you know in the sports world of of, of uh, you know activity and and so uh, father we're just gonna we're just gonna pray for these kids that you would just watch over them God they've got dreams they've got aspirations Lord and they you know they just want to win and God, you, you, you are a winner, so I, we just ask you to, to, you know, however that should play out in life, God, and for them. 
Uh, we just ask you to protect them so that they don't get hurt, Father, that they can enjoy it. And Lord, they just have a God attitude in everything. Father, we just, we just bless uh, today. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen? Yeah. Amen. All right, God is so good. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, uh, we had a great time uh, away last week uh, at uh, Living Waters in Michigan, and I think we got out of there in time because uh, they have 12 inches of snow on the ground. Uh, you know, a little bit out of character, or, you know, not like us at least, you know. Thank God for the sunshine, as my wife said. This morning, I would like to uh, encourage your faith, inspire your faith, um, and, you know, draw uh, uh, some, I guess, um, ask you the question, what is it right now this morning this week or whatever that's inspiring your daily activity? What's inspiring you? Now there's, you know, uh, well, I'm a believer in Jesus, absolutely, you know, and that's the bottom line, Uh, uh, you know, but I want to take it, want you to take it, you know, into your personal life this morning. Uh, Jesus one day said he saw their faith. So what does faith look like? Jesus saw their faith. So what does faith look like? And then the book of Hebrews says this, the importance of this element is that faith is a substance of things hoped for. So faith really, you know, is has to have an element of anticipation and expectation. Something you're you're hoping for. Hope, you know, that is seen is not hope. So active faith is, is an expectation. Something you see. True faith, of course, is derived from the faith in the person of Jesus Christ. But then it becomes a living, active part in your life. I mean, you know that faith without works is dead. Without works is dead. Now I know James says, you know what I mean? He, he puts it in just a practical aspect of that. If you see somebody that has a need and, you know, and you just say, well, bless you. God, take care of you. You don't know anything. So that would be... You know, that would be inactive faith. So, what is the activity that is inspiring your daily walk that makes your life a faith walk? Because we walk by faith. We're going somewhere, we're doing something. It's something about. Faith, it's living out what you are believing in. It's an expectation. It's that element that downloads into your life. It downloads into your life. 
and it becomes that motivating factor. It becomes that element in which, you know, that inspires you in relationship to life, the kingdom of God, who God is, how you view what is going on and what is taking place in life and in the world. So, what's been downloading into you? See, you must have faith in something. You can't have faith in nothing. You can't have faith in nothing. And this is about encouragement. So we're just kind of getting, you know, clearing away the, the debris. Faith is that which looks forward and it is based upon a promise and the promiser. Faith. So I want to recharge your faith this morning. We sang the songs, the awesomeness of God, the greatness of God. And we've all been through the process, but tomorrow will be different. Even this afternoon when you leave, it's just going to be different. You're going you're to handle life, you know, with more expectation. You won't see life as full of problems, but full of opportunities. God wants to empower our life to live it out. To live your life out. A lot of the things that we call problems, they're just life. They're just life. And God empowers you for that life. God is about more than solving problems. He is about revolutionizing your living. So what is inspiring you daily? What is inspiring you daily? So I'm going to talk to you this morning about Events that have happened, and maybe we'll talk about events that, you know, that are close in our, your life, my life, but about divine reversals and turnarounds and exchanges. Divine reversals, turnarounds, and exchanges. Because God is an awesome God. He is a God that is all-powerful all-knowing, and, you know, everything is working right. I know that's hard to fathom, but he's either in charge or he's not in charge. And how you perceive it is going to see where you're sitting, Because if a man thinks in his heart, so, so is he. So I want to begin this morning with a divine reversal that you're familiar with. It's found in the book of Esther. 
In this particular setting, there is the uh, uh, plotting, the arrangement, and also the writing of a law to get rid of a people that wasn't fitting with their laws and times and how they did things. And through the setup and the manipulation of a very evil man named Haman, of course, a law has been written that all the Jews that were in the providence were going to be killed on a certain and a given day. Now, I would say that's a problem. Right? That's a problem. I'm not sure we have problems. A day of execution has been set. And there's this Jewish girl that has been chosen by the king to be his queen, but she is placed by God to fulfill a role. And she carries out, of course, what her assignment was. So the day comes, and we have it up here. On the 13th day of the 12th month, the month of Adar, the king's order came into effect. This was the very day that the enemies of the Jews had planned to overpower them. But the tables were turned. The Jews overpowered those who hated them. Not one man was able to stand up against them. Fear made cowards of them all. We're talking about divine reversals and and turnarounds. It says, verses 20 and 22 of chapter 9 from the message of the Bible, it says that this was the month in which their sorrow Turn to joy. An edict of execution and it had been reversed. And so their sorrow turned to joy and their mourning somersaulted into a holiday. And they still celebrate this great, you know, reversal, this great turnaround. It's called Purim. The Jews still celebrate, you know, that time. Because it's like being on death row. And the authorities have went ahead and authorized your death. And God or someone intervenes. In this case, God gives. And so they, they uh, somersaulted into holidays for parties and fun and laughter. And sending and receiving the presents and the giving of gifts to the poor. So their, their reversal overflowed. Their reversal overflowed. Everybody say their reversal overflowed. See, God wants our blessings and our reversals, you know what I mean? And our turnarounds and our exchanges to not just be kept in the house, not just be a celebration for, you know, our own. He wants the overflow of it. Begin to touch. And he says here, those that are less fortunate... The poor. Now I like it what it says in Message Bible. It says, Son of Haman the Agatite, the arch enemy of all Jews, had schemed to destroy all Jews. 
But when Queen Esther intervened with the king, he gave written orders that the evil scheme that Haman had worked out should boomerang back on his own head, and he and his sons were hanged on the gallows. What an amazing, you know, event that happened in, uh, when God gives ahead and turns things around for somebody. Those divine reverses and turnarounds are filled in the history of God. People are the recipients of it. They get to be part of it, but it's really God's hand. It's God's reversal. It's, it's, a, it's, it's what he does. Yes, we play a part. We have to fulfill our assignments, but bottom line is the Bible is a story about God working with people. An amazing turnaround. You remember the story of Israel's exodus. Another amazing turnaround. 430 years of captivity and, you know, in the latter years of it, extreme slavery. Just endeavoring to make it hard on them. And yet when the time came for God to reverse things, the Bible says that they went out loaded. I don't know what 430 years of back pay looks like, but that's exactly what was happening. God says, you know, you've labored and sweat and worked for 430 years, and now it's time for God to go ahead and equalize things. And so they came out loaded. It came out loaded. And it says that the first thing that God wanted when he made their amazing turnaround was that I want to take them to a mountain so that they can worship me. <laughs> Hallelujah. You see, when God does amazing things for you, you know, He's hoping you'll go to the mountain of worship and acknowledgement, realization that it was a mighty hand of God. So don't miss your mountain of worship after your great turnaround. David and Goliath, kind of a personal story, we, but who ever heard of a slingshot? <laughs> Overcoming a mighty man of war that's shielded from head to foot and with a spear that was so heavy that the average man wouldn't be able to lift it and a sword on his side. All the odds are, all the natural odds are against him. But 
when God is for you, who can be against you? What a turnaround. Sometimes the turnaround that you have in your life will help the rest of the people begin to experience a turnaround in their life. Because it says that David, you know what I mean? When he slew the giant and went and cut off his head, that all of a sudden the people who been in their tents and fearful and, you know, and afraid and just, you know, immobilized, all of a sudden they, they found their feet. They found their courage. When we have this story about what God has done here coming up, see, your testimony just might bring somebody out of the tent that they're staying in because they're afraid. Hallelujah. It's important. The psalmist said that let the heavens rejoice and let the earth be glad. <laughs> I don't think we're having any problems with the heavens, all right? I think that they're, they're doing their rejoicing. But, you know, maybe we could just be a little more glad. He's saying, earth, start to get glad. Because, see, it's all about perspective. Is God who he says he is? Do you believe? Of course you believe. Hezekiah and Sennacherib one day were facing impossible odds. And they had been threatened and things were not looking good and he went and he made his petition to God and God goes ahead and just sends the army home. <laughs> yeah, that's what he did. He just sent them home. He caused a war to happen someplace else that they had to go ahead and, you know, turn toward that and amazing reversal and turnaround. It's in the book. It's the Bible. It's a revelation of God. See, it's norm for the odds to be against you. That's the norm. And it's the norm for God to turn it around. Hallelujah. The widow in debt. This is not just a minor, you know what I mean, letter. Somebody saying, you know, pay your bills. She either pays them or her sons go into servitude and slavery. Gets ripped from the house. They have to go ahead and work for somebody else till the debt is paid and of course the prophet just asked her what is it 
that you have. You know what? Most of us all have something in the house that God can use and will use. What's in the house? As she obeyed, all the bills were paid, and they could live free of debt. Blind Bartimaeus was blind most of his life, and a major turnaround took place. He went from blindness to, to seeing. There's one other one that I like that thinks sometimes has, has a fitting, and that is Balaam. Balaam sets out to curse. And in the process, God says, no, guess what you're going to do? You're going to bless. You're going to bless. So sometimes, yes, there are those, you know, uh, 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 times when, when someone is set on your destruction. But God is set on your overcoming. Divine reversals, divine exchanges, and divine turnarounds. And here to tell you this morning that the cross is the most powerful and dynamic and divine reversal, divine exchange, and divine turnaround that still stands in full authority. The cross. It says in Colossians chapter 2 verse 14, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements against us, he has taken that out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, disarmed principalities and powers, triumphing over them. Turn around. The message from the cross, the message from the resurrection is that God has already authorized it. It is faith that goes ahead and positions us to receive it. Now, the cross is not for the perfect, but it's for those that don't have it all together. The hurting, the hopeless, the helpless, the messed up, the misfits, the frustrated, the flawed, the imperfect. Those with weaknesses, those with failures. Jesus reversed every curse at the cross. Hallelujah. In Jesus Christ, you are not living a cursed life. You are living a blessed life. The trumpet that sounds from the cross is, you know, that God has defeated your enemy for you. Rise up. Jesus took our disgraces and gave us his grace. Next one. 
He took our disgraces and gave us his grace. He exchanged places for us. Now, you know, you're a child of God and maybe you've been a child of God for all your life. I'm a child of God and you know what I mean? And I was raised in this thing. But the one thing that's should never become minimal in our life is our salvation. Jesus said, you know, even the miracles should not take precedence when it comes over rejoicing in you over your salvation. Now you want to tell the story, but the story says it needs to have preeminence in our life is our appreciation for getting saved. Rejoice that your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. So even if you don't have a miracle happen in your life, there is something that has happened in your life. Therefore is worthy of celebrating. Because a decree of death had been placed over your head. And Jesus went ahead and reversed it. Think about it, how he took our ignorance and gives us knowledge of who we are in Christ Jesus. It said in Colossians chapter 1, you know, and just read a portion of it, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He's in us. And it all has an element of there's hope here. It's not just a minimal hope, it's a glorious hope. It's hope for daily, and it's hope for eternity. He took our shame and closed us with righteousness, according to Isaiah 61 and 10. He has closed me with the garment of salvation. Oh, hallelujah. You don't have to go around worrying about your salvation. He that believeth in me. Even in death, he said, you don't have to worry about it. You shall rise again. Close me with the garment of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. He took our condemnation and gave us his redemption. The cross. Paul understood how important this was. He said, oh, wretched man that I am, who is going to deliver me from this this bondage? You know, this constant warfare that's going on. He said, I thank God through Jesus Christ, my Lord. I am a victor. I fight, but I'm guaranteed victory. Jesus Christ is about new beginnings. His mercies are new every morning. Jesus Christ is about taking our messes and our mistakes and turning them into miracles and messages. 
Not just the miracle, but a message. Paul was great about telling the message of the miracle that happened in his life. Oh, King Agrippa, I mean, you know, I was traveling on the road to Damascus one day, and, you know, and, and I had in my, my pocket here a letter to go ahead and persecute and imprison, you know, the Christian. And then a light shone from heaven. Shone round about me, and I heard a voice. And I'm not sure if the people around me heard it, but I heard it. And he got saved. We know the story of Ananias and how he worked in his life. But the, the thing of it is, he didn't have, just have a miracle. He got a message. He got a message. Every one of us, we got a message. When Jesus saved us, we got a message. Jill, you and me, you know, our message is how wonderful the grace of God is. We're raised in a Christian home, and the grace of God has kept us all of our lives. We haven't had to go get and carry the baggage, you know what I mean, and be outside of, you know, that's our message. The grace of God can keep you. It can start early in your life and it can carry all the way through your life until the other person, you know, that happens to be a Saul. God's got to come along and change your name. <laughs> now, I can't stand before Agrippa and tell him about roads to Damascus. But I can stand before Agrippa and I can tell him about, you know what? The heritage and the legacy. Now this thing can be passed on from one generation to another, another generation without any breaks in between. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a praise this morning. Glory to God. Because it's not just a miracle. It's the message. It's a story to tell. The man that, well, we have a couple of them. The man that was blind, the man that was lame. Oh, the miracle that happened in their life. But when they were questioned about it, it was a story that needed to be told. One man said, I don't even really know who he was, but let me tell you, <laughs> I once was blind, but... Now I see. The other guy that was lame, he started to just inspire the temple. You see, because he had been sitting there and all those years, and all of a sudden, Peter and John begin to impart what they had. Silver and gold have I none, but in the name of Jesus Christ, rise and walk. The Bible says he went walking and leaping and praising God. So all of a sudden, that temple, <laughs> hallelujah, which was normally pretty quiet, all of a sudden got noisy. Because when you get a turnaround in your life, hallelujah, and you recognize, you know what I mean, it's, it's, it's major. You can't keep it quiet, nor should you. Mm -hmm. 
nor should you. He took our hate and he gave us love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him would not perish but have everlasting life. It's still the story, church. He took our hate and he gave us love. He took our chains and he gave us freedom. The cross... God's great turnaround, where are we at time-wise? He took our sicknesses, and by his stripes we're healed. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we were healed. 1 Peter 2, 24. Goes ahead and pens it in in the New Testament. Let's not put away the truth, even with all the helps that we have. That is Jesus who turns sickness into healing. Somebody, amen. Hallelujah. I don't care by which hand, I don't care by which door it comes through. It is still Jesus that turns sickness into healing. He conquered death and gave us everlasting life. He took the divorce papers and he claimed us as his bride. John the Beloved gives us a little insight and he says, come here, I just want to show you. The bride, the lamb's life. He draws a picture that it was so amazing. It was, it was like that, that day that every, you know, man and woman who went down the aisle and went ahead and made the vows and said she was adorned. Eyes for only one. Hallelujah. That's right. That's right. He has eyes for only one, and she has eyes for only one. What a turnaround. What an exchange. He took our sins and gave us forgiveness. That's at the cross. He took our pauper status and gave us a crown as sons of God. The veil that separated us. He took it out of the way. He took our weaknesses and gives us strength. He restores what does get destroyed. There are seven blessings of the Passover. Seven blessings in the Passover. Now this is what it says. Christ who is our Passover. All right? So I know we're going back over here to the seven blessings of Passover. Okay? But Christ has come and said, you know what? 
I am your Passover. Number one, you find in Exodus chapter 23, he says, supernatural protection. I will send an angel before you to keep you in all ways and to bring you into the place which I have prepared. I will protect you and I will see to it that you get to the place that I have prepared for you. He says, he's... I will fight, he will fight for us. I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. The thing that you have to do when it gets into the enemy enemy element, you have to love your enemies because vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Hello. You let him take care of the enemy camp. You Just love them. That alone will confuse them. Mm -hmm. Amen? Abundant provision. Verse 25 says, He will bless your bread and your water. I will take sickness away from the midst of you. Grant you health. That's in that same passage of Scripture, 25. He said, you're going to be fruitful. No one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in your land. I will, I will fulfill the number of your days. God has made a promise. and he, He's went ahead and, you know, placed that promise to us, you know, in Jesus Christ. Did, you know, and you say, well... Old and new. Did you know that Christ came, did what he did, so that the blessings that are for Abraham might come upon the Gentiles? So we wouldn't be outside of that, you know, an amazing covenant that God had, you know, with Abraham, which was a which was a covenant of faith, really. You know, it was. Just that he's taken out all of the, you know, technicalities of keeping this and keeping that and doing this and doing that. And he begins with relationship. And out of the new man then springs forth all the requirements of the law. Absolutely. And then ultimate possession. Ultimate possession. Little by little, I will drive them out from before you until you have increased and you inherit the land. You don't get it all at once. He said, because you couldn't handle it. Couldn't handle it. You couldn't handle life. That's what he said. You know what I mean? If, if I just went ahead and did it and set you there, you wouldn't even know how to take care of the wild animals. You've got to, There's a learning curve in life, he says. There were wild beasts. There were, there were lions. He said, you know what I mean? They would, 
Hello. Be a problem. I've learned, and I'm sure that many have learned way better than me and even longer than me, but learning how to live is really a valuable part of living. It is. That's the promise. That's what he said. I'm going to give you three B's that will help you for living. Because that's what I'm about. It's helping us for living. And I need help. Okay. So here it is. Three B's. And they come from Rahab. Three B's for turnaround from the life of Ahab. Rahab, excuse me. Very simple. Be kind. Be wise. And believe. That works in life. Be kind and affectionate to one another. Be wise. She wasn't careless in the operation and the, you know, carrying out of her assignment. She was wise. She was an outsider, and all of a sudden, she becomes an insider. And then you got to believe. Started out with faith. She said, I know that God has given you the land. <laughs> she changed sides. She changed sides, you know what I mean? Because she got insight and illumination. She believed that God was messing things up and turning things around. So be kind, be wise, and believe. That'll, that'll really help you in life. I'm going to wind this down in some actions for unexpected challenges. Some actions for unexpected challenges. Because, you know... All this is true. God has done this. God, you know, does this. The song that the moms and dads and grandpas and grandmas sang when I grew up was, every promise in the book is mine. And they, I mean, it didn't run through the promises, you know what I mean? It just held out the, the fact, and, you know, in the song, and the promises of mine, they'd go home and read the promises, and they'd read the promises and apply the promises. Every promise in the book is, is mine. You want to focus on God's ability to, to care for you in times of unexpected challenges. Isaiah 26 enforces... Trust in the Lord forever, for in Yah, you know, Yahweh, or the Lord, is everlasting strength. Trust in the Lord for strength. 
Don't lose sight of the power of God. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than us. But it's not bigger than God. There are three, there are three problems, common problems of people in all times. Doesn't make any difference what time, you know, from beginning to end, there's three problems that happen and can happen in your life. And found in the book of Haggai. And the first one is disinterest. Disinterest. Now, you haven't went ahead and divorced yourself from it. You haven't just, it has, it's, it's not like it's not part of your life, but it's not the first part of your life. Disinterest. It, it's, it's, it's about priorities. In other words, they started out zealous and energetic and, you know, and they're just, their hands to the work of God is just really, you know, it was there. And then all of a sudden, the focus for their life changed and their house became more important than God's house. Their kingdom became more important than God's kingdom. Disinterest. Not rejection, just disinterest. Just, it's, just, it's just common. But yet, what does it say? It says, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and its righteousness, and all these things will be, will be added unto you. You know, you can make it easier. You can make it easier, he says, if you go ahead and keep the priorities right. To keep the house of God in its right place in your life. Keep the kingdom of God the right place in your life. And don't let your house become more important than... Somebody help me out here. (laughs) I know that's... God says, I want to take care of your house. But you bungle it when you don't go ahead and take care of my house first. Somebody tell me that's good preaching. So I can just relax, okay? All right, thank you. (laughs) I'm going to hold you to that now. Disinterest and then discouragement. Discouragement. What happened is, you know what I mean? The work is, was going on. Things were coming together. And all the workers were working, and then they began to look. Hang on now. And the young people started to get discouraged because the old people started to compare. I know it's quiet now, but this is the truth. And what happened? They said, you know, it's not like it used to be. Smile. That's what they said. Oh, I remember the temple. You know what I mean? 
the first temple that was built, you know, the beauty of it, the wonder of it, the gold overlaid of it, you know, the procession of it. Oh, oh, this is nothing like that. And the young people, they hadn't seen it. They don't know nothing about that temple. They're just excited about the temple that now is it's being rebuilt and all of a sudden, you know, they discouraged the next generation. Shame on them. It's not your temple, it's God's temple. And if God chooses to leave the gold out of it and just have it be, be cedar beams, then let it be cedar beams. Yes. Really, church? Yeah. Yeah. I'm 68 years old and been around a long time. 68 years. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a lot that happened. You know what I mean? I, I really have. You've seen a lot that, that's happened. Oh, wonderful, glorious, fantastic. Oh, praise the Lord. You know, and I, I remember them and I sit down at the piano, you know what I mean? And I sing them on my own. And I pray for the present generation, you know what I mean? To have that same kind of God encounters, you know what I mean? That, that I had. But I don't want to discourage them by saying that the glory is nothing compared to the glory that was before. I want to enjoy the glory. Hallelujah. Praise God. Somebody give the Lord a praise this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. It happens. It happens. It's not a rebuke. It's not a rebuke. It's not a put down. You know what I mean? It's an enlightenment. It's a new day. Hallelujah. It's a new day. And we're fathering another generation. And then, as my musician to come, happens to all people, and that is dissatisfaction. Dissatisfaction. And that is when you expect immediate reversal. Immediate reversal. In this case, 16 years in the making, and they wanted reversal in three months. Now, God's quick, but we're slow. <laughs> See, it's, it's not about God's change, it's about us changing. It's about us changing. And that's why there is a, you know what I mean, a longer period of time. They had spent 16 years of neglect, and now they expected a turnaround in three months. Now, God does shorten it. There's no doubt about it. 
but we don't want to let dissatisfaction in. It overweights the wagon. It does. It overweights the wagon. That's why he says, keep your eyes on the Lord. Keep your eyes on the Lord. That's far enough this morning. Got a lot more. Yes. Reversals, turnarounds, and exchanges. He is a God. We must believe for reversals. We must believe for turnarounds. And we must believe in exchanges. That's what he's a God of. He comes to encourage us. Encourage us. He wants us to see what he has done. That the cross still stands. You know what I mean? As the trumpet of God. And we're talking about the cross and the resurrection. You know what I mean? But that it still stands. Reversal. Exchange. Turnaround. Stand with me today. Because it's who he is. In what he wants to do. In what he does. I want to pray this morning for reversals and turnarounds. And if you need some exchanges happen in your life, I want to pray for that. It can be monumental, major, or it can be just, you know, minor. But I believe. That God is God. And that he is no respecter of persons. And he is not saying it's for you, but not for you. For God so loved the world. World. How many could use a divine something or other in your life. All right? Praise God. Let's go ahead and let's decide that we're going to have revival. All right? Because because that's what God has decided. We've spent this year sowing seeds for revival and you know and he says, "Well, won't you just go ahead and decide that you're going to have it then?" <laughs> Hallelujah. Go ahead and decide that. You know what? We're going we're gonna to start approaching things like God is here, that God is, you know, he, he's ready to do it. And I'm going to start just, you know, being revived. I'm just going to go ahead and be revived because he's given us a revival spirit. I guarantee you the Holy Ghost is nothing but a revival spirit. Absolutely. He's not just, you know, 
laying around on some couch. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Praise the Lord. And, and, and we've been good, we've been good, but I believe that there's, that there's more. I believe that. I'm not trying to be some kind of, some kind of uh, what do they call those uh, 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 inspiring speakers you know what I mean yeah I'm not I'm telling you the word of the Lord I'm telling you the Bible it's not a new Bible you know it's the same Bible glory to God it's the same glory that was there in you know in the first temple is the glory that's in the latter temple amen and by the way he did say the glory of the latter house should be greater than the glory of the former house. So I just want to, I, I know, and I know all the, the theological, you know, things, etc. But, but I believe that, uh, you know, that have some general applications. You know what I mean? I don't think that this younger generation, you know, is going to have less. They're not going to have less. <laughs> no. No, he says they're going to have more. <laughs> and he wants us all to be glad for the more. Now, help. I got to quit. <laughs> That's what happens when the Holy Ghost just comes and you know what I mean? He brings you all, all your remembrance. Father, we, we go in the power of the Spirit this morning the, uh, and, the, and the glory of the Lord and we take our story to the world. Hallelujah. To the down and outer and to the up and outer this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. To God be the glory and all the people said amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Bible Center Church. For more information, you can find us online at www.biblectr.org. You can also connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash BibleCTR.